0: As Martin Luther King once said, not everybody can be famous, but everyone can be great, because greatness is determined by service. When we think of being in service, what images, thoughts, or ideas come to your mind? Is it an image of you helping someone? a thought of offering a suggestion or advice, or providing tools to others in the form of a product, a message, or skills. Challengers, welcome back to Challenge Me For You. I'm Nazia Basha. This is Season 3, Episode 7. Today, I want to talk about the skills that we need to be of service. When we are being of service, we are... Often utilizing this term in a variety of ways that can be incorporated between relationships, between your clients, your friends, families, children, your religious or spiritual community members, with your partners, simply anyone in the receiving end that will benefit from what you are offering. Since we are the instrument of this service, what skills do we need to possess in order to ensure that our service is valuable? So let's dive deeper into this topic. I'll break down this topic of service into two parts. One, about the service readiness. And the second, being a service To others, I will also have a guest speaker who will join me to speak on this topic of service from an occupational perspective. So, for me, when I talk about service readiness, it means that I'm first prepared to be of service to others by serving myself first. In this case, am I emotionally present? Have I addressed my needs, whether it's physically, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, we cannot serve from an empty vessel. It's like trying to give water to someone from an empty pitcher or fill their glass from an empty pitcher. So in order to be at a level where you can function and be useful in providing service, Now, you don't have to be at 100%, but at least you have addressed and have put tools in place that is helping you progress while you're giving back to others. So, as I mentioned, when we are offering service to others, we are working with diverse populations, diverse people, regardless of whom they are, even if it's your family or people you think that share similar values They all are different and unique from you, with unique needs, so we can't assume their needs. So we need to first be present with ourselves to be of service. At an occupational level, when we're working with diverse clients, especially those that have numerous barriers in communication due to differences in literacy, language, mental illness, disabilities, as a professional in the social and human service field, You ask yourself and wonder, what skills or competencies do we need to develop when working with diverse, vulnerable populations? And even if you're not in this field, as I mentioned, we interact daily with diversity and marginalized people, unconsciously in the form of family, friends, or clients. So to elaborate on this topic, I have invited a fellow challenger in the community, Ms. Lakeisha Grant, who's currently working with a vulnerable population. So please welcome Ms. Grant. Um so just to check in, how has the the COVID-19 pandemic impacting service with this population and if you want to talk about the population, um let's uh go ahead and do so.
1: All right. Well, I work with um The court services had sent them to um, the facility I work at, which is a forensic hospital, um, because they either are found incompetent to proceed or um, they're not mentally stable to, you know, go further into the court process on their own. So they've been deemed to the state. And um, the way the COVID-19 pandemic has impacted this population is because it makes it makes them feel like they're losing a lot of hope um with like not having visitation from family and friends and it's like it's a challenge of reassuring them that it's gonna get better you know it's gonna turn its course and everything gonna kind of go back to normal but um it's all, it all has a question mark at the end, so, like, some of some our residents, they get a little agitated, and, you know, they have the episodes where they show out or whatever about it. But, I mean, it's just, you know, understanding and respecting the guys enough to, you know, have that extra mile of patience with them, because it does take a lot of patience with dealing with this population, um in this covid pandemic
0: yeah and how is that impacting you as the person who's providing services as a provider
1: well right now i could say (laughs) at first it was like overwhelming with stress Mm -hmm. but i can imagine i had to find an outlet to you know let some of what was aggravating me go because it's like it's not fair to them for me to be frustrated and and just agitate their situation even more so it was just like I had to have a healthy way of going about like you know the stress levels is gonna come but I also had to figure out like I who can I talk to the you know event about how stressful i'm feeling about a certain situation that's going on so it it all takes a balance of you know finding what to do and when to do it so what
0: i heard is that you have a mentor or someone to go to at the end of the day to talk to just so that it's not on your chest only so you can kind of get a perspective yeah. that's wonderful um and especially in times like this, I feel there's more of a need for that uh, because there are so many changes, um, and mm-hmm. there's so much uncertainty. So that's that's amazing that you're doing that self-care practice by speaking to someone and reaching out. So going to uh, the question of what skill sets do you think or competency do you use to work with this specialized clientele?
1: Um, a lot of times the skill that I use Most is like, I say having that skill where you respect and you show like integrity, because a lot of times um, some people wouldn't even, you know, give it a thought of saying, hey, they need to respect a person that's mentally challenged. And it's kind of hard, like (laughs) for me growing up, I've always been taught that you give respect to anyone and for some people they wasn't raised like that so for me to just you know go that extra mile with the whole respect and integrity because I believe character is who you are when no one else is looking like that's that's what always comes to mind when I'm working around them and you know helping them like every day is always going to be a challenge but i rather it be said that I did what was right when nobody was looking versus me just letting it letting whatever bad happens happen and I just don't see myself like letting it happen to anyone that's mentally disabled
0: yeah and that's very true I'm glad you mentioned those points even universally speaking how we all uh, want respect and having that integrity Mm -hmm. to make sure that even when no one's looking you're still doing the right thing because it's an ease on your consciousness too Um, so that's those, those are wonderful skill sets and points and like I said even like this can spill over just being a human being and a person not only just through work but living that life of integrity um that's a great skill um and I'm glad you brought that up so just not going into too much detail what kind of mental barriers you're saying mental illness I'm hearing with these clientele um are they diagnosed with certain
1: yes they're um diagnosed with like um certain it's like bipolar, schizophrenia um it's a large variety of them um that I'm still learning so it's like it's a lot of different um like mental illness that we treat and the one that is like the most risky out there that I have seen where um where guys have like the touch of dementia so that is that was just like that. That is still my challenge right now to this day is working with dementia patients because they are very aggressive. So I've, I I learn and try to approach it with a different aspect when it comes to dementia. So.
0: I can imagine dementia is tough, and um, yes, I'm sure like you work with a team, right? That kind of yes. Um, helps you collaborate with some ideas, maybe.
1: Yes, and I—I I mean, like, it's not a win-win when you have a team because mm-hmm. every—we all playing around with experiments, like, with trying different ways mm-hmm. to cope with it. Mm-hmm. But it it it's sometimes it just nips you in the butt because that dementia is very unpredictable. Right. So it's just like. It's the balance where you have to, you know, try to build up that rapport and keep keep trying, but sometimes it's not restorable.
0: Right. That's that's very true. That that's so true. So, how do you cultivate these skills? How did they develop for you?
1: Well, over time, <laughs> it's a whole another aspect because I came from working at customer service. To doing human service. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like a mind-blowing experience my first year working in a forensics hospital because I didn't know much of what to expect. All I knew is I was looking out for their safety. <laughs> and I felt like, okay, it's just looking out for them and their safety and my peers' safety. I thought that was it. Until I had to actually, you know, like do Round sessions where you like mentor the guys and mm-hmm. see like what they need and how they feel about their whole situation that's going on with them, and it was just being on that level like professionally with residents mm-hmm. that made me think like okay, I got more skills I can develop because I'm I'm actually talking and you know mentoring someone that is less fortunate. And showing them like, hey, you got a chance. Like you actually can learn more, you can do more while you're here. You don't have to just waste time and, you know, just feel like you're a hopeless failure. So, I mean, that's I feel like my skills develop with time and experience of being in that environment of a forensic hospital helping them mentally challenge.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. So it's like sounds like there was some, a lot of coaching going on, a lot of like listening, active listening, kind of giving yes. them the space to feel safe. That's a big one, especially yes. for, for people with a mental illness. And also, um, I think in general, too, having that exchange and giving a person the, the safety of feeling safe to communicate and being heard and understood, that's, that's a great skill set. And then it, you're right, it's so true that it takes time to develop. I mean, I'm still learning. Like for me, it's like making sure that whoever I'm treating also has that feeling of feeling safe to express who they are without me, like judging from my preconceived notions. So that's, yeah, so that's great. And how, like, I know maybe it's like, okay, so how do you, when you work with someone who you feel is really different from you? And this Mm -hmm. is probably like, um, (laughs) as a provider, you know, you have a certain way that you want to like you have goals based on how you see success and then Uh you and then you want to kind of sort of influence that on your on your client but you notice but do you notice that that sometimes you do you have a tendency of kind of like maybe or or do you not have that tendency um where you feel like as a provider you create goals and you expect them to meet those goals or how do you do it i'm just
1: well, kidding. I, I usually ask, like, I usually ask my client, like, what you, what you looking for to, what's your goal? And then sometimes they probably wouldn't have a goal. So I just throw something out there and they'll just be like, oh yeah, that sounds good. But you know, I feel this way about it. And you know, sometimes they always see it at a downside. Okay. So I try to um be the bright side of it. Like, cause. Uh-huh. It's it's only it's only it only takes a little bit of hope, like to get these guys going sometimes. Cause sometimes they've been in the hole for so long, like on the downside, and they don't see the light of being bright, or they they see themselves as so small, or them being you know brutalized and stuff. They don't see any hope. So I try to be that aspect that actually sees some light in them and try to show them a little like just a little way, so that then they'll go to thinking about it overnight or right. the next day, and then they'll come back and say, hey, Ms. LaKeisha, I, I got this idea now. I know I'm going to add this to my goal list and this to my goal list, and I love hearing that from my residents.
0: That's really good. That's fun. That's great. Yeah, it's just like you kind of give them a little push, and then they feel. Yeah, like, oh, they mean it. Yeah, that's wonderful. Oh my god, that that is surprising. How you know some of these people, they feel like there's no opportunity, and there's no hope. But then once they receive that encouragement, they're able to make great changes in their lives. Um, and now, so how did you like these skills? Have they also helped you as a person in your personal life?
1: yes well it gave me more patience with men, and i'm i'm saying that because i have like i have a lot of brothers so oh wow (laughs) i was adopted into a family and i would just you know assume a lot of negative stuff about men because you know i just assume like they just they ain't trying (laughs) and i'd be like they ain't trying hard enough until i realized how simple like Men are like when they thinking, so you do have to go into detail for them a little bit more. So I mean, it it helps me like when I'm talking to my brothers or something, and it helped me like go into more details so they just won't ju- just be like okay. And I mean, when I go into detail, I could have a good conversation with my brothers without us getting mad at each other saying, "Why you didn't tell me that? You left out that part," or you know, it gets easier with talking to men for me while i'm working with um my residents
0: oh wow that's great so you got to understand like the male psychology behind like how they want want their needs or their Uh, their... like have a conversation just simply so that's wonderful oh that's great any suggestions or tools that you want to share and how you build skills in general whether it's through work whether it's through personal development anything that you like to share with the, with
1: the listening um, I can't think of one right now. I'm still thinking. No, <laughs> yeah, take your time. Because I know, I mean, for building skills with the mentally challenged, I know you have to have a skill of, like, that patience is very big for me. Mm-hmm. Like, having patience because kind of unstable mood swings sometimes that come with it with mental illness like you have to weather those storms too because they come and they go so you have to be willing to like weather any season with mentally illness because it's definitely a challenge.
0: (laughs) I agree with you yeah I started working um at my clinical internship with veterans who have mental illness in a transitional housing setup situation and setting so um yeah they also kind of into the same category with mental illness and so that's wonderful set that's wonderfully said about patience. um you know there are days that of course as a professional you might be having a tough day but kind of like uh-huh. side and take like you said self-care talking to your mentor um that's a great way to kind of take care of yourself while also providing and being patient with your your clients and then in your personal life too when you said you spoke with your brothers that communication has definitely improved um so do you have anything else that you'd like to share before we end this episode
1: um not right now i'm just i'm right now i'm just really looking forward to you know trying to get out more in the community now like i'm trying to cater to a different audience i'm looking for Mm -hmm. opportunity to like eventually one day i would like to you know Help out with the homeless vets or something like that. That's what my next goal is—to try to reach out to.
0: Yeah, and that's great that you're expanding that because you know there's always a need in different areas and different populations. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's wonderful, and then hopefully this pandemic is going to slowly um, <laughs> diminish over time when we have treatment and vaccines. So. Definitely there's more time for collaboration. Like I started with juvenile justice and now working with homeless veterans through the VA system, it's definitely an eye opener. Yeah, and I'm grateful to have you speak on this today because it crosses over um, a lot because there are also majority are male veterans um, that are housed there. So thank you, Keisha. This was very insightful and profound information that you shared. And as I mentioned, this is all coming from an occupational perspective of being of service to other people, but also reminding that the service begins from within and what skills do we need to learn or to have when we can be of service. So this was wonderful. And once again, thank you very much. Also, I'd like to let the listeners know um, that they should take the time to reflect Uh, about service and how we all can improve our way of giving back by being of service to ourselves first from within and what areas of our life that we can work on to develop or cultivate and develop this competency to give back to others. So once again, leaving you all with this insightful message and be well, be safe. We are evolving daily here at Challenge Me For You.
1: Take care.